Welcome to the Freshman Foundation Podcast, helping you make the jump from high school athletics to the collegiate level and beyond with your host, Michael Huber. Hey everyone, it's Mike Huber, founder and CEO of the Freshman Foundation and certified mental performance consultant. The Freshman Foundation Podcast is preparing young athletes and families for every next step in their athletic journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, then please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with a friend. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Freshman Foundation. Why is Jennifer Coleman a role model for student-athletes? When we think of college athletes, we think of the young people we see on TV. We don't typically think of the student-athletes who put in the same amount of time and effort outside the spotlight. However, the vast majority of college student-athletes are busting their tails every single day without much recognition. My guest in this episode, Jennifer Coleman, is one of those student-athletes doing great things without much fanfare. Jennifer is a track and field athlete at Thomas University in Georgia. Jennifer discovered throwing as an aspiring basketball player during her sophomore year of high school. Her natural ability led her to pursue a path of improvement that is unique for a teenage athlete. In episode 55, Jennifer shares how she developed into a high-level track and field athlete in high school, how she found a great college fit at Thomas University, and how she embraces the grind of being a student athlete while being a full-time student and a key member of her school's sports information department. I'm excited for this conversation. Let's build your foundation with Jennifer Coleman. Hey, Jennifer, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. It's good to see you again. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, for, the, for those people who are listening and not watching the video, Jennifer's wearing her Thomas University track and field t-shirt representing. So can you just talk about your process or how you, how you made it to, to Thomas, how you made that choice as, a, uh, as an athlete? Yeah, so it wasn't really much of a big jump for me because Thomas University is actually in the, the hometown that I grew up in, Thomasville, Georgia. We're like 30, 45 minutes away from the uh, Tallahassee, Florida. So um, I, when I was a freshman in high school, I actually was on the basketball team. I literally didn't really have a, a, a passion for track because when I was a freshman in high school, it, the, the word track kind of just scared me a little bit because the first thing you think about with track is you're running, you're running, you're running, you're running and stuff like that. So I wasn't really too like one of those athletes that were like crazy about the whole conditioning part about track and field and stuff like that. And um, I played basketball my freshman year through my sophomore year, um, just some things that just kind of happened and stuff like that. So I, you know, I just decided to do track. I was literally at basketball practice one day and um, the assistant coach for our track and field team back at, um, Central, that's the school I went to, Thomas mm-hmm. County Central High School. Um, she literally just saw me throw a basketball one day and she pulled me away from practice and she was like, have you ever thought about trying out track? I said, no, because I, I don't want to run. <laughs> she was like, oh no, I'm not going to have you. I'm not going to have you run. I'm going to have you throw. I was like, okay, why not try it? So I literally went out there um, to trials after our season ended and stuff like that for basketball. And I picked up the implement, which is a discus. It's the flat metal plate. Um, and then you have the shot, put the big ball and I literally threw it. I had no idea what I was doing and I picked it up and I threw it and it went 
barely far. So I was like, okay, let me just go ahead and keep going with it. So I went to my first meet, um, my very first meet, my sophomore year. Um, it was at Child High School. So it's like, as soon as you get into Tallahassee, it's like the first school on the right as soon as you get in. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I threw my very first measurement was like 81 feet as somebody that was totally inexperienced to what she was doing. So I was just getting like a lot of positive feedback about, you know, how strong I am. And I think it was just a good move for me to be a thrower. Um, like I said, I didn't really have too much knowledge on throwing at all. All I knew that track was pretty much just a bunch of people wearing spikes running around a circle for like hours and hours and hours <laughs> and about the field area. But I didn't know like they had throwing and like how it worked and stuff sure. like that. So, like I said, I, I started my sophomore year and um, I was actually region champ my sophomore year, which was kind of crazy. Your first, your first season? Yeah, yeah, my first wow. season. I was region champ. Um, unfortunately, I didn't That's make wild. it to state, but I made it all the way to sectionals. Um, so I was pretty proud of myself and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? Why not try to go for a scholarship? Why not, you know, get out my comfort zone of, you know, having the dreams of being a basketball player and try something new, you know? So that's what I decided to do. Um, I just signed up for a recruiting website and, you know, I just started getting offers left and right. And when I was getting recruited, all the offers that I had, they were like so far away, like um, Woodruff University, they recruited me, um, William Penn, they recruited me, um, a lot of like schools that were like out there, like 18, 20 hours away, they were recruiting me and they were full rides. And at the time, I was just a, a young kid looking to have an opportunity to play at the collegiate level. And I don't think I was mentally, physically and financially ready to move out so far. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I heard about Thomas University starting a track and field program, my coach told me about it. I, I honestly told him, I was like, it's literally my last option. Like I didn't want to, you know, be stuck at home when I already had to be home for four years straight back in high school and stuff like that. So I told him, let's just make that my last option, you know? So throughout my junior year and senior year, you know, I kind of exercised my um, options and stuff like that. And the more offers that I got, the further away that they went and stuff like that. And when I talked to the uh, former head coach that was there at the time, you know, he offered me and stuff like that. I went on, um, I went on a tour and I just loved the campus. Like it was so beautiful for it to be a very small school. It's so amazing. And mm. when he told me, you know, I can make history that kind of just, lit up a light bulb in my head. I was like, this is the time that I can like make something for myself, make people know like who I am and stuff like that, you know? So when I told my parents about it, they were so excited, especially my dad. Um, When I told him I had other offers, of course he was supportive and stuff like that. But when I told him that I got offered by Thomas University, he could not stop asking me about, you know, Hey, when are you going to sign? Are you thinking about, you know, going to the school? And I, I knew with the excitement on his face, it was probably the right move for me to just go to TU right now. Um, and I'm glad I did. So, you know, I signed my letter of intent back in 2019. I haven't looked back. And I, you know, wow, yeah, it's it, it, it was incredible. So I was pretty much like one of the first signees for Thomas University track and field program. Um, I did a little bit of cross country in my time, but I'm obviously I'm more on the track and field side as a thrower and stuff like that. So um Right now, just kind of like looking, you know, fast forward to um, this upcoming year, I currently hold um, all the throwing records. Um, all I have, I throw, I hold the shot put, discus, javelin, and hammer record for outdoor. And then we just started an indoor season last year. 
and I currently hold those records as well. So I hold a total of of six records, school records in wow. total. I've been, we're in the, by the way, we're in the Sun Conference. Um, they're made of like Georgia and Florida schools. So we have like Southeastern University, Kaiser University, um, Weber International, mm-hmm. Warner University, um, USCB, St. Thomas, um, Florida yeah. Memorial. So we have really, really good competition. Um, and we've been in the Sun Conference for four years now. So we just started an indoor season last year. And um, I was uh, all Sun Conference in the um, shot put. So that wow. that was pretty that was pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I made all the all Sun Conference team my first year for our outdoor season. So that was pretty cool. I finished top three in the discus. Um, and, you know, I, I it's just I've been progressing all year. And, you know, with the coaching staff that I've been having throughout the years, they kind of just make it a lot more easier and fun to be around mm-hmm. this conference and be around this university as much as I've been. So, you know, sure. it's, it's, it's definitely it's definitely been a wild run so far. But I mean, it's like with Thomas University being such a small school, but in a really, really competitive conference. It's amazing to say that, you know, I'm in the Sun Conference. I'm competing against like amazing athletes like Southeast. Mm. They're amazing. St. Thomas, they're amazing. They have people that try out for the Olympic trials. And to say that, you know, I compete against these athletes like every mm. other. That's you know, cool. it, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, you is know, that, I love it. So is Thomas, that's NAI, NAIA school? Yes, we're NAIA Division One. Um, okay. So, yeah. Cool. So, yeah. so I, I mean, there's so much, there's so much in what you just said, right? So I, I'm curious about all of that, right? To go back to the beginning, right? So you, when you said you threw 81 feet, was that the discus? Yes, that was the discus. And okay. saying 81 feet right now, it does not seem crazy, but to, you know, the younger generation, like if they're in middle school or they're like first timers in high school, that might seem crazy to them. And I honestly thought it was crazy too. And, you know, I was one of those athletes that will progress almost every other meet, especially my senior year. Um, one of the coaches has said, you know, I had a season of PR. So like every meet I was progressing about a couple of feet and stuff like that. So, you know, I went from like 81 to like 94, 96, and I eventually got into the 100s. Um, you know, I had my fair chance at, you know, state and stuff like that. Um, my senior year, I finished ninth in um, 5A in Georgia. So that wasn't pretty bad. So I kind of ended my senior year on a good note, which is good. I PR twice. So I went from, um, 113 feet to 115 feet. And with, um, the discus is, it's kind of hard to explain without showing you how it works, but I was more of a, I didn't have too much of the technique. So I was pretty much just out there picking up the implement, just throwing it. And, you know, I'm very strong for what I was back in high school. So I was really just, they call it punching, you know, so you kind of just literally sling it out there. You don't kind of rotate. So, I mean, for me to be throwing it, like literally punching it like 113, 115 feet is, is crazy. So wow. it was really crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, so I mean, so where, what do you throw now in the disc? It's just a, out of curiosity. Uh, 127. Right. So you've yeah. almost, you've gone up 50, over 50% on your distance. Yeah. And you're, what, you're, you're a junior now? Yes. In I'm college? So like in five, five or six years, you, you almost, you've gone over 50% increase. That's amazing. Right. To think how much you, from the time you picked up that discus to where you're at now, it's like, that's gotta be a really great feeling. Not, not just because you're in college and you're competing against great athletes and you got a scholarship and all those things, but just from a personal perspective to know that you've 
could do something really well just by doing it and then continue to work at it and see this gradual improvement to the point where you're like a totally different athlete. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of helps when you, you know, you you're building a program, especially when I when we started from scratch, you're building a program. You're finding these athletes, you know, across the nation that do what you do. And it helps when you have people that are a little bit more experienced than you coming into your freshman year and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I've had teammates throughout the years that had more experience than me. And we definitely fed up, fed off each other's energy and stuff like that. And obviously being a college athlete, you know, if you're committed to your sport, if you're dedicated to it, obviously you're going to grow. You're going to have growing pains and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've just watched a lot of YouTube. I've been around a lot of coaches that, you know, are very familiar with throwing and stuff like that. And that kind of just helped me progress throughout the years. And obviously, you know, being at a, being at a small school, but with an amazing staff when it comes to like athletic training, mm-hmm. strength and conditioning, our AD, you know, those play a big part into sure. that 50% increase that I've had throughout the years and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't, is it, now that you say it, it's kind of crazy to say like, I've really progressed that much, you know, because when yeah. I'm out there throwing, it's like, you know, oh, I PR, but when you put the numbers together, it's like, it's crazy to think like that's, that's a big jump within, you it's know, three huge four jump. yeah. It's yeah. Especially jump. where I came from, not, you know, not being as experienced. Like all I knew that you pick up this implement and you throw it. I don't know how to throw it, but I'm just going to go out in there and throw it in a bunch right. of So, you know, as I've, as I've grown in this, um, in this world with the throwing world and stuff like that, I've learned different techniques to see what works for me. And there's a lot of techniques out there and everybody has their own technique that they learn from. And I try to, you know, watch these other throwers when I'm at Mm. my meet to see what they do, you know, ask questions and stuff like that. So I think, you know, just being around them and, you know, watching YouTube, going out to practice and stuff like that, learning new techniques have helped me progress over the years. So, so you mentioned, you know, when you started throwing in high school at a certain point, you started, you signed up for a recruiting site. So I know a very little bit about track and field recruiting, but my understanding, which is very limited, probably very basic, more basic than it really is. But my understanding is, is that a lot of it has to do with just your performance metrics, right? Like if you're a runner, right? Like if you fall within a certain time range and you run the 200, like, you're going to get looked at, right? Like coaches are looking just at the times. Like, exactly. so is it the same way as a thrower? Like if you start inputting your data, your, mm-hmm. your performances and they see, oh, wow, this girl throws 81 feet, you know, as a sophomore, like they're going to be like, hey, we're interested in her. Is that how it came Yeah, that's be? pretty much um, how it worked. Um, I literally, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I literally was just sitting at home one summer and um, I was just scrolling through Facebook at the time and I just saw this recruiting website. And I'm like, you know, at Central, we go to a lot of local, we went to a lot of local meets and, you know, mm-hmm. with me being so inexperienced, there were a lot of coaches looking at me. So I just tried to find a way to kind of get my name out there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And my coach, um, his name is Chad Ward. He's, um, he's the son of Charlie Ward, um, the Heisman. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. If he sees this, uh, thank you for everything that you did, Coach Ward. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. He's an amazing coach. I love him to death. Um, but yeah, you know, he 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 um he told me about a couple coaches and he um kind of told me about the website. So I decided mm-hmm. to sign up for it. And um a, a year went by. I started putting my film in, I started putting my stats and stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. when I started getting these um invites to these camps and stuff like that's that. Great. And I started just personally reaching out to coaches and stuff like that. So, you know, I think 
there is throughout the years, there's a big increase on the way recruiting works as far as track and field. Um, mm. Cause if you think about it with track and field and these other sports, it's hard for track track and field to get actual film on themselves. That's like good quality. Like with basketball, you're right. in an arena, you can get that content versus if you're running, you're throwing and jumping, you got to go around this track. You know, you got to find somebody to be at the throwing pit, which you, you got to find somebody to be at the jumping pit for you yeah. to get that content. Tactic. You know? Yeah. So, you know, shout out to all the track athletes out there <laughs> that's getting film on them as much as they can. So, and you know, like with the summer camps and this the summer meets, it kind of helps too because that's like a big time for these mm-hmm. college coaches to recruit and stuff like that. So, you know, I just try to stay on that recruiting website as much as I can throughout my recruiting process to update my stats every meet that I PR'd in and stuff like that. So I think it kind of worked out in my favor at the end. Sure. So it sounded like, I mean, it, it, it sounded like, I mean, you said pretty plainly that, you know, Thomas was sort of your last option. So when you were going through the process, like what were some of the things that were really important to you when you were looking for a school? Honestly, I was just at the time, me being uh, what a 17 year, 18 year old kid, just, I was honestly just looking for somebody to just take a chance on me because I wasn't one of those players on our team that was like an all-star, like, oh, she's like Mm -hmm. a D1 athlete because we had those on my team at the time. I was just like your average athlete on a track and field team throwing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my numbers weren't that crazy back then, even though it may seem crazy as I was throwing 81 feet as a sophomore. But I was really just looking for a home that wanted to take a chance on me. I wanted, I didn't want to feel like a number in the classroom. I didn't want to mm-hmm. just feel like a number on somebody's roster. So mm-hmm. I was looking for a, a place that, you know, treated me like family. I felt like I was comfortable enough to go to – just not my track and field coaches, but to the other coaches and my AD and my athletic trainer about, you know, anything, even my professors. And I, you know, with the schools that recruited me, they were so far away. I wasn't able to go out there and visit their campus. I can only look at, you know, their website and the virtual tours at the time Mm -hmm. and, you know, phone calls. And, you know, granted it was, it was enough back then, but, you know, after I got off the phone with them, I had to really think deep about like, you know, what am I really getting myself into? Am I going to go somewhere where, you know, I have to kind of start from square one as far as like finding a car, you know, making new friends and stuff like that. And that was, Mm -hmm. that was really a big thing for me. I didn't want to be so far away from home where I was struggling to kind of make ends meet for myself personally. Mm -hmm. So when I heard about Thomas university, you know, building a truck and field program, one, it was an opportunity for me, to write my name in the history books. That was a really big thing for me to write my name in the history books and to make an impact at Thomas University. To the professors, um, when I heard about the way that they operate, they take their time with you. They're very friendly. That kind of drew me in too. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the small environment that Thomas University has, it it kind of drew me in a lot. Because um, when I went on my tour, I met some of the coaches and they didn't even know who I am, but they 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 greeted me like they've known me for years. And I'm like, OK, this I feel like I can just sit back and chill without feeling like so right. stressed out because I'm an athlete. Yourself. Yeah. You know, that, that was really huge for me. So that definitely played a lot into it. Just having that family oriented campus style. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I when when I when I heard you a little bit before, like I could just see the smile on your face about like the way you feel about where you're at, like at Thomas, like the situation you're in, you could tell that you're genuinely like happy about the way things have worked out, which is great because it's not to your point. It's not always, 
it doesn't always work out that way for a lot of athletes, right? They may go away from home. They may be homesick. They may not be playing as much as they want to play. And then that, you know, that becomes, it becomes a source of stress, not a source of, of, of joy, right. you know? And so, you know, it sounds like, you know, you found a really good fit for you. Um, but I have to imagine that along the way there've been some challenges. So like when you went from high school to college, like what, like what, what did that look like for you? Like, was it, you know, what, what were some of the challenges maybe that you faced when you, when you got on campus? Um, honestly, it was probably more of the adjustment from waking up at eight in the morning, going to practice at three in the afternoon and being done. And then when I got into college, you know, I would get up at nine 30 in the morning to go to class. And then at one I would have to get dressed for a 2 PM practice and then have weights right after. And then, you know, um, recovery in the training room and stuff like that. And then with my job and stuff like that. And I will mm-hmm. say another thing, what drove me into TU was my job. Because yep. um, I think if I told you earlier when we first talked that mm-hmm. I was literally still in high school, I, I hadn't graduated or anything. Um, and the uh, the AD at the time, Mike Lee, Mr. Lee, he um, mm-hmm. he called me. We got on the phone because my teacher, uh, Mr. Young, his name is um, Randy Young. He's mm-hmm. um, He runs the broadcasting program over there at Central. And when I told him that I was signed to TU, he told me about the um, sports information um department that they had at TU and he was like you know you should give Mr. Lee a call and see what he can do for you so I called him and you know I introduced myself and I told him what I do at Central and mm-hmm. he did not hesitate to say hey I want you here I-, I want you here what do we have to do to get you here and at that point I I knew that that was literally the school for me because he did not know who who I was he just trusted the people that we had connections with yeah believe in you know the work ethic work ethic and stuff like that so well, yeah, you know. but but I think, you know, I think you're probably um, not giving yourself enough credit because when you're a high school senior and you're reaching out to somebody like that in a position of authority, basically asking for a job before you even, even got on campus, like that shows a lot of initiative, which I think is something I hear from a lot of coaches in general in the recruiting processes. Like, yeah. is this young person invested in their own recruiting? Are they sending the emails? Are they reaching out? Are they following up? Like, what are they doing to want to be here? And the fact that you picked up the phone and called, you know, you called this person and said, hey, like, I want to come there. Like, I'm looking for something to do. Like, that's got to go a long way because usually they're probably chasing kids around to get them to come just get to show up to work, you know? Yeah, no. And I definitely say, you know, when I when I got the job opportunity, I honestly did not know, like, how I was going to balance being a student athlete. Sure. And, you know, having my job, because what my job is, is, you know, you're pretty much you got to be at every game day. You got to be behind the scenes, putting in stats, writing articles, taking pictures, doing videos, setting up a live stream. So I had to, you know, figure out through that summer that I graduated, you know, the the, that summer where I graduated and stuff like that before the fall started, before I moved in. I had to figure out how am I going to balance being a student athlete and doing what I do. And, you know, I I realized that I had to be comfortable with being uncomfortable I had to learn growing pains and stuff like that and when I moved in and you know we started practice and I started getting my routine and stuff like that it wasn't really about really a hard transition for me because the AD at the time he made me feel like you know if I needed anything if you're struggling just let me know and I'll you know I got your back and stuff like that and mm-hmm. I think you know that kind of drew me in more to saying yes to the job opportunity and stuff like that so 
you know, I would say for like any athlete that's that's in the process of their recruiting, you know, you you got to make yourself known. You can't depend on, yes. you know, seeing if there's going to be like coaches in the stand that you're tracking because they they might not be. They might be having their own practice. They might be at their own meets at the time and stuff like that. So you have to make an effort to put yourself out there mm. in, the, in the in the collegiate world, you know. Sure. You, it doesn't hurt to email a coach. It doesn't hurt to send out a letter. It doesn't hurt to text a coach saying, like, this is who I am. This is what I have to offer to you. What can we work out? And that goes a long way if you do it the it right way. It does. And, and I, I had – yeah. I had somebody on 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 my podcast who plays soccer, a, fem- a female plays soccer in college, and she tells a story about how, like, she was just relentless in terms of following up because she wanted to play at this one school, and she talks about, like, how – the last time she called the coach, the coach mm-hmm. offered her a scholarship right. right, to this like dream school of hers because like you're putting yourself basically at the top of the pile, right? There's so many recruits, so many recruits. There's so many, you know, like, you know, they probably get hundreds of emails, hundreds of calls. There's so many kids on the radar. Right? Like if you're not making yourself to your point, stand out as a person about like, this is what I really want. This is what's important to me then you're just going to be like everybody else. So unless you're like just an unreal athlete that everybody wants to have you, you know, sort of a five-star athlete, you want to call it that, you know, it's kind of the way we think it in men's sports anyway. Um, you know, unless you're that, then, you know, you're just like everybody else and you got to set yourself apart. And it sounds like you did that. Now, I know that when we talked the last time, I got the impression that you have some really long days there at Thomas between training and and working and school and all those other things. Can, so can you just talk about like, a little bit more detail about like what, what a day in your life looks like? Yeah. So I can actually just take you through a breakdown of, you know, how <laughs> I start my day. So um, I start my day about 530 every morning. Um, I eat breakfast and I go work out at, um, at the gym downtown here in Thomasville. It's called Koja Athletics, um, which is owned by Danny Copeland. Um, he played for the Kansas City Chiefs back in his time. He won a Super Bowl with them and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's an amazing gym. Um, it's really amazing. So I, I go there from like six to like six forty-five, um, and then I go back home. Um, you know, I kind of get dressed, stretch. Um, I try to take a power nap before I go to class around like nine thirty. So I'm in class from like nine thirty to maybe twelve forty-five, maybe one forty-five, just depending on the on the day that I have my classes. And then at two o'clock, I'm at practice from two to four. That's when I have my track practice, and then from like mm-hmm. four to five, I have weights twice a week so once I'm done with weights let's just say we're in the fall season you know that's my schedule from like two to five I'm within practicing uh weight training once I get done with weight training you know we might have a basketball game that starts at like 5 30 for women's basketball I will have to you know literally run from the weight room to my dorm room take a shower get dressed for work and then head to the gym set up for our live stream make sure everybody has their rosters mm-hmm. um all that good stuff. And then I would be there from like 5.30 to like 11 o'clock at night because, wow. with you know, with college, they have doubleheaders. So without the way our doubleheaders work is from like 5.30 for women and then 7.30 for the men. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff that you got to do out there as far as making sure all the coaches have their box scores, making sure our stat guy has the correct stats and stuff like wow. that. And we do like post-game interviews. So I'm making sure these athletes go where they need to go if we need them for any post-game stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and – I'm, I'm more on the creative content side when it comes to our game days and stuff. Um, so I'm the one that's capturing all the highlights in the picture. So I have to, you know, 
find somewhere after the games are done, put that on my computer, you know, put a quick highlight together and put that on social media. And, you know, I have to send our um, director of athletic communications an article photo so he can write the articles and stuff like that. And then by the time that's done, it's probably maybe 11 o'clock, maybe. And I'm asleep by like 1130. And then I start my day again at five and I just repeat seven days straight. Now, I will say on Sundays, I kind of take like a mental day to kind of get my work done for school and Uh any extra pieces that I need for work and stuff like that. So um, with me, it's kind of like, you know, I'm all work mode. I'm all track and field mode. (laughs) I don't really I'm not the type to go party and, you know, hang out Saturday night, you know, because I just got too much going on to do that. Um, And I take a lot of pride in my work. I try to present myself in a very professional way. And stuff like that, because that goes a long way, especially with me being um, in the sports profession. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to kind of represent yourself in a right way if you're going to wear your logo and stuff like that. So, you know, my days go like. They're yeah. like they every day, and, you know, I have the opportunity to travel with some of our team. So like with women's basketball, there's been times where, you know, I will go to class um, from like 930 to like 12. And then we'll be on the road at two o'clock in the afternoon and don't get back to like three in the morning because we just had a five hour road trip, you know, wow. and then we'll be up at like five in the morning to go on to work out, you know, because even though I might have long days, I don't want to break my routine as far as me being an athlete. Yes. I, you know, I can't do that. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, there's a, there's a really a lot of good stuff in there, right? Like one is like, it's a very mature approach for somebody who's 21 years old, you know, to yeah. look at it as like, this is my responsibility. I take pride in it. Like, I feel the need to put this front and center because not everyone's going to do that. Right. And not everyone's working the job like you're working, right. They're student athlete and then they're done at, you know, five o'clock and then they just do whatever they do. Um, but just the, the thing that I think about is like, if you're so busy like that, like, do you feel like you're getting, this is such a a simple question, but I'm, I'm interested. So I'm going to ask it. Do you feel like you get enough sleep? Yes, I do. I I definitely make sure I get like eight hours of sleep. So like, Even if I have to like push my times back, depending on what day it is, I would definitely do that. Um, okay. Because like well, I, I do get six hours of sleep, I will say, even though if, if I go to bed at like 11, you know, I get up by like 530. I think that's roughly around five to six. And then once I get done working out, I tend to have like at least an hour or two to myself to get that power nap in. So I might yeah. not get the whole eight hours like. Right. In one, like, in one shot. Yeah. <laughs> get that eight hours somewhere somehow. Right. So um, I think, especially as an athlete, sleep is definitely important. Yeah, it's I think huge. A lot of athletes don't realize that. It, it makes a big difference in your performance and the way that you go about your day. Like, if I don't get at least, like, six hours of sleep, I cannot properly function. And I tell everybody that. I'm like, listen, I have not got six hours of sleep. So if you need me, I'm probably going to be asleep. And as soon as I wake up, I'm starting my day. So, you know, sleep is important in my life. Recovery is important in my life. Eating healthy is important in my life. So, you know, and just not try to go off topic or anything. But last year, I kind of went through a, a weight loss phase. Um, I, w- I, w- I was pretty big. You know, with throwers, we're really big people. We're, we're yeah. really big people, you know. Sure. Um, so I was weighing about like 177 back in May. And I just decided to make a life change. Like it was my weight was really hindering me as an athlete and just a person overall. Like I went through a big, big mental block um, because back then I I did suffer through um, anxiety and depression and stuff like that, just because, you know, the whole being a college athlete and dealing with what we have to deal with and stuff like that. So um, 
I decided to join Koja Athletics and I've been a member of Koja Athletics for roughly two years now. And I kind of told Danny, one of my trainers, I said, listen, this summer, I, I'm all, I'm all go mode. I, I want to change my life. I want to, you know, change how I go about my day because the way I performed, you know, the year prior to that, I did not, it, it, it was, it was terrible. Um, even though I finished top three in the conference for discus throughout the season, I was not pleased how I did. And I was like, something has to change. And at the time I didn't know what, and I realized maybe if, you know, I lose weight and change my mindset, things will change. So last year I, I lost 45 pounds um, in two months and I just haven't looked back then. And, you know, the biggest thing that my trainer told me, he was like, find a routine, find something that works for you, whether that's, you know, what you eat throughout the day, how many, you know, mental breaks that you take throughout the day, find something that works for you, find your routine. And mm-hmm. that's what I kind of did. And, you know, since then, I've, I've just been more happier in life. Um, you can tell that I've been glowing a lot. And it's, you know, it's definitely been showing a lot of improvement in the way I train, the way that I am as an athlete, and the way that I am um, in the office for my job, and mm-hmm. just, you know, a person overall. So, sure. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that. I, there, I mean, there's obviously a lot to that. Yeah. I mean, listen, what you've described is really normal. Right. You know, you have a lot of responsibility. Sometimes, you know, things just kind of go the way they go until you get to a point where you feel like I need to make a change. So when you mentioned sort of the anxiety and depression, like what was that? Like, what would you say that was related to? Is it related to your performance, to your body image, to something else, just the stress of life? Like what was going on there? Um, honestly, it was just probably just the stress of life. Like, yeah. I think when I was bigger, I didn't really have too much confidence in myself. Um, you know, I just, yeah, I just didn't have a lot of confidence in myself and, you know, with my, with my job, it can kind of be a little stressful and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. you know, we having long days, we're all human at the end of the day, you know, we all deserve, you know, our mental breakdowns here and there. So, you know, being a college athlete, dealing with, what I have to deal with, you know, I, I hold myself to really high standards. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. So, you know, when I'm not performing to them, to the best of my abilities, whether that's on the, mm-hmm. in the circle or in the office, you know, it, I, it takes a toll on me and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, I just think that's, you know, just kind of trying to find like who I am as a person that kind of had a lot to do with, you know, my anxiety and depression and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it takes, certainly takes a lot of, of courage to, to talk about that openly. I, I've been through those struggles myself, so I understand that it's, it's, it's really hard. But I think, I, I think what I'm, I'm hearing you say is somebody, you're, you're somebody now who's really, you know, more in tune with who you want to be as a person. Exactly. Right? You're, you're living the life that you want to live, which is really leading to feeling better about everything that you're doing. And, right. and I guess I'm curious, you know, I mean, there certainly there's a, um, a stereotype, I guess is the right word, right? Like for throwers, right? If you see a stereotypical thrower, they're just like really big and thick and muscular and, you know, that causes them obviously to have the, the power to, to throw the, you know, the implement a long distance. So like what effect has your, your body change, your weight loss, body composition change, like what effect has it had on your performance? If, you know, if any, um, honestly, if anything, it didn't hurt me at all. 
it actually helped um, because I tell people this all the time. You don't have to be big to throw. It doesn't mm-hmm. come within the stomach. It comes within the legs. Throwing is all about the legs. Mm-hmm. You got you got strong legs. You got a good technique. That's all you need to throw. You know, you don't have to be weighing 200 pounds to be throwing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's um, American Olympians, Valerie, you know, she weighs like probably like 170. And, you know, she literally holds a record for America, you know, and she's small. And, you know, I've got beaten by people that were smaller than me when I was big. So I don't even think like mm-hmm. body weight has anything to do with throwing. Mm-hmm. It's more of if you're strong enough in the legs and the hips and you mm-hmm. have the, you know, the endurance and the strength to throw an implement, you can throw it. Anybody can mm-hmm. throw it if you have the proper technique in the white right, in the right, you know, strength training. Yeah. And and I think the other, and, and you referenced this before it may be in a little bit different context, but I think what I'm also hearing you say is, you know, like this is about like developing your whole person, right? You know, like it's not just the performance on the track because right. Like what you said is very common, right? I, I see it. I, I work with a lot of different athletes, track athletes included, you know, when we're not performing up to our ability, it really saps the way we feel about ourselves because we feel like we're putting in all this work we should be doing better. And we're really hard on ourselves, which is really stressful, right? And that carries over into other areas of your life. What it sounds like is you really found like, this is what I want to be. And like, you know, in terms of, you know, the way you feel about yourself physically, right? You feel, you probably feel healthier. You feel stronger. You feel, have more confidence about yourself in general. That carries over onto the track. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. The other thing I heard you say before is just like, you've talked about all these different people in your life, like your coaches, the people in the program, like who are helping you develop as a person. Can you talk about their role in sort of that, that change or just your development in general? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I said, I've been at Thomas university for four years and I, there's never been a day where I wanted, I woke up one morning or, you know, I went to practice one day or I went to class one day and I literally just dreaded being there. I've never had that experience since I've mm-hmm. been at you. I've never had the thoughts in the back of my head that I really hate it here. I want to transfer. I literally wake up every day saying I'm glad to be a mm-hmm. Nighthawk, literally. And I tell people that all the time. I'm glad to be at Thomas University. I'm glad to be a Nighthawk. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I wear the green and white with pride. And a lot a lot of that has to do with the people that I'm around every day as far as the AD and, you know, our softball coach and our mm-hmm. flag football coach, our swimming coach, all the coaches there. Um, even um, my boss, the, you know, he, he plays a big role into what I do and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, with him, it's just not all about work. He cares about what I do in the classroom. He cares about what I do as an athlete and stuff like that. And, you know, that really makes me feel like, you know, I matter. And like I told you before, when I was looking for a school, I just wanted to go somewhere where I felt like what I was doing was important to them. I just didn't want to feel like I'm filling another number on their roster to get them Mm -hmm. to a championship. And that's not how I feel that to you. I feel like what I do for my job and what I do as an athlete and what I do for the school as a person, they enjoy that. They enjoy being around me. And, you know, we just got a football team. Um, It's a military transition football team. So it's pretty much a program for kids that want to be in the service and play football as well, or veterans that want to play football and stuff like that when they're retired. And I just met these coaches and I feel like I've been knowing them for years. You Mm -hmm. know, that's just how comfortable I am being around them, just talking about 
mm-hmm. life in general, whether it's about work or what do I have going on for the week or, you know, what you're going to be doing for practice and stuff like that, you know? So I feel like any of the coaches, I can just sit down and just talk to them or, you know, go to their practice and just have a conversation outside of sports. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really big thing for athletics and, you know, these athletes in high school, even in college, you got to find somewhere where you don't have to always be serious. Like, you know, I'm a serious person when it comes to, you know, track and field and work, but you know, there's times where you can just go to, if you're a, you know, if you're a softball player, there's times where you can go to a basketball game and just hang out with those other athletes and stuff like that and make friends and, you know, just be involved in the community and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to you, they, they're really big on that and stuff like that. So I'm just glad that I'm at a school where mm-hmm. I can just talk to people that I'm not around every day. But when they do see me, it, it's like, you know, I've been knowing them for years, even though I've only known them for four years and stuff like that. So I really just thank them for always being by my side when I needed somebody to talk to just being there supporting me, whether it was for track or whether it was in the classroom, because they do care about me. You know, they always ask mm-hmm. me, you know, you know what you got going on in the classroom? How's your grades? You know, how are you doing? How, how did you do last weekend at your track meet? You know, and mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate that because it's not every day where you find genuine people like people at TU yeah. every day, you know, and I, yeah. I really think it's a really big thing that TU really like hones in on. So, you know, anytime like these coaches have recruits on campus, I try to tell them like, this is the place where you want to kind of start your career. If you're looking for a place where you want to feel comfortable, where you want to feel like you matter in the classroom and on your perspective field, think about going to TU. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I think that that the way you put that is really important and it's well said in the sense that you got to find a place that works for you. And I think a lot of times the choices that young people make about where they're going to participate in athletics and colleges, they get a little distorted, right? It becomes more about the recognition, the prestige, you know, where am I going? What's the name on the front of my shirt? You know, who's going to like notice me versus like, Hey, I have to go live in this place for four or five years. I need to make a life for myself and I need to find a family that's going to help me be successful. And that's what you found. It sounds like, it sounds like you found a place where you could be yourself and you have a family around you that supports you as Jennifer, the person and not Jennifer, the track athlete, who's just the only thing that matters is your time on the track. Because I've certainly heard from other people who are in your shoes right now, athletically, a lot of times they don't always feel like they matter. They feel like the only thing that matters is their performance. And if they're not performing, they, they feel like they, they don't matter. And that's, that makes, that's hard. That's hard. Especially when you're an athlete that's been successful your whole life and now you're in college and now you just feel marginalized because right. of your performance. And that's going to lead to the anxiety and depression that you were talking about. Exactly. A lot of the times. Exactly. So, you know, thankfully, like I said to you, they're really big on making sure that if you, even if you're not on their roster, they're going to make sure that you're, you're known in their presence, you know, mm. and I, I really thoroughly enjoy that. So, you know, with the energy that to you has gave me throughout the, the three to four years that I've been here, I try to make sure I reciprocate that energy when it comes to my work. You know, mm. I really do appreciate, you know, Thomas University just taking a, taking a chance on a kid mm-hmm. that was 18 years old looking for an opportunity to make something of herself, you know? Yeah. So I try my best to give 110% for my job, you know, in the classroom, keeping my GPA up and just kind of, you know, being a good person for the community and stuff yeah. like that. So. 
That's awesome. And I, I can hear it in your voice. Like you take a lot of pride. You said it, but like you could see, I can see it in your face if, if, yeah. if you're watching this and I can hear it in your voice that it's just like very, and a very, very important part of your life. And that, you know, it's something you take a great pride in. So I guess I'm curious, like, so what's, what's the next, you know, this, the next phase of life look like for, for you, Jennifer, like, where do you want to go after college? Um, I want to uh, stay in the athletic commu- communication world. Um, I-, I love my job. <laughs> I really love my job. I, mean, I know I said it already, but I really, really, really love my job. You know, there's a never, there's never a day where I wake up and like, dang, I got to go to work. I love going to work. <laughs> it's always an adventure in our office. You don't like, always I hear that. It. Yeah, so I definitely want to stay in the uh, athletic, athletic communication mm-hmm. world. Um, you know, like I said, whatever school that wants to take a chance on me, I'm all for it. Um, I'm not holding myself to like one area, one city, one state, you know, especially when I went to Cosada, there's so many opportunities out there in the world. So many. So, you know, the biggest thing I can do for myself is just network, keep branding myself in the right and professional way. And, you know, hopefully God has a door open for me that I can't see right now, but eventually he'll let me know when he's ready for me to see it. Yeah, but it also sounds like you've put yourself in a really good position for that door to open. And I think yeah. that a lot of a lot of times we we underestimate our role in that, right? Yeah, there's some things we can't control and we have to have faith that things are going to work out, but you've prepared yourself and put yourself into that position by doing all the right things and I think that you know, those opportunities there's there's no doubt that they're going to they're going to come. So I guess, you know, as we wrap up, the last question I usually ask everybody is in some form or fashion, if you had to give one piece of advice, I would say to a high school recruit, an athlete who's thinking about competing in college and they're thinking about picking a school, like what would be that piece of advice for them? Don't give up. I mean, I know it's kind of like the the typical answer that you that you get for most people, but like literally don't give up. Like there's been times where, you know, my, my mental health kind of, kind of won the battle a couple times mm-hmm. and I wanted to give up, but it's like, you know, I had to kind of find my second win. I had to mm-hmm. really dig deep and find my second win. And, you know, with the transition that I went through, as far as my weight loss, you know, that kind of helped finding my second win. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started seeing a big jump in how I am as a person. So I would just say, don't give up. Like it's college is not meant to be easy wherever you go, whether it's at a community college, a small NAI school or a big NCAA school, do not give up. You know, you, you got to keep fighting when things get yeah. tough, you, you, you punch back. You, yeah. you got to punch back. So good. I like that. I think that's important. And you, you, you'd be surprised that I don't always hear that on this podcast. And I ask that question a fair amount. I think there's a lot to be said for what what you said, which is to say you got to be persistent, right? Because it goes back to what you were just talking about, having those doors open. Like sometimes the doors don't open exactly when we want them to open, but they do eventually open if we stick with with what we believe in. And that's, I think, really important because a lot of times it would be easy to give up and just turn around and go in a different direction because things aren't working out the way we want to. But if we believe in ourselves and we believe in what we're doing and you stick with it, things usually work out work out for the best. And it sounds like you've, you've had that experience. So, um, it's been really great to talk to you and, you know, in in this format and, um, I'm really happy for you and I I only wish you well going forward and thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. So what's your biggest takeaway from my conversation with Jennifer Coleman? 
My biggest takeaway is that anything is achievable with a great attitude and a desire to improve. Jennifer started as a track and field athlete in her sophomore year of high school and made great strides very quickly. Her curiosity and willingness to try something new led her to a college scholarship. My suggestion to young athletes is to embrace the unknown path to improvement. Doing so requires faith that the time, effort, and energy invested will pay off down the road. However, the real good stuff is found in the process, not the outcomes. I want to thank Jennifer for her kind generosity and the wisdom she shared with the Freshman Foundation community. To learn how mental performance coaching can help your mind work for you rather than against you, visit michaelvhuber.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back soon for episode 56. Mike Huber is the founder and owner of Follow the Ball Coaching, located in Fairhaven, New Jersey. He is a mental performance coach and business advisor dedicated to serving athletes just like you reach their full potential on and off the court. The Freshman Foundation is all about helping you get to the next level. For more information, follow along on Instagram at The Freshman Foundation. Please subscribe. Give us a like on iTunes, Spotify, leave a review, tell a friend. Most importantly, come back in two weeks, ready to get better.